0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. So good. So good. Good morning, all you good looking people. How are you? You got energy? Come on, it's Sunday morning. Some of you are half awake. Tell the person next to you it's going to be good, whether you like it or not. And then you can be seated. I want to give honor where it's due. How many of you are grateful for our pastors? The Valdez family, I love it, always there for us when we're doing good, when we're struggling, when we're in our high moments and low moments, I love it, they always reach out and they make a difference for people and they're invested in people, they're not trying to be impressive, they're just invested in people and to find people this day and age that people really care about other people, hitting their God destiny, living out a great life. Usually people are in it for themselves. And so to find people that are genuine, authentic, and they live the Jesus style. I'm really, really proud of our pastors. Give them a big old clap. Come on, give them a big old clap. I do want to give the worship team, oh my goodness, they were amazing. And I got to figure out how to do dance moves like that lady over there. She was awesome. Oh my gosh, you guys were outstanding. I turned to pastor and said, oh my gosh, they sound incredible. Uh, I do want to give credit to where it's due, quick commercial, all the servers, all the people that ushering, making today happen, the people doing the sound, busting their tail before we all got here today, let's give them some credit and honor, yeah. And then my, my pretty wife, we just celebrated our anniversary, we're more in love than ever, huh, is it true, or is it just something we should say from the stage, We are, huh? We're more crazy about each other than ever. We've made our life about creation, not about conflict. And we've magnified appreciation and limited expectation. As a result, I'm more in love with my wife than I've ever been in my life. And I'm passionate about her, I'm proud of the woman she is. She makes a difference for so many different people, lifting them, raising them, and investing in them. A lot of it goes unseen, because she's not on a stage like myself but I love the deposits she makes on a daily basis to make people's lives better. My hero, my wife, is here, and my little girl, I think she's watching VeggieTales instead of watching her dad, but that's, it is what it is. You're not, not VeggieTales? Oh, Sheriff Kelly. okay, whatever it is. My little seven-year-old, she's a rock star. If you have your Bible, go with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 9, and I'm gonna go one verse on the left-hand side of the Bible. And then I'm going to switch over to Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 and 23. I do want to say this. There's so many power in numbers, and environment really is everything. You know, if you take a shark and you put it in a bowl, it will only grow up to 8 inches, even though it has the capacity and capability to grow so much more. You put a shark in the ocean, and it can grow 8 feet. How me know your environment determines a lot. A bodybuilder will lose one-third of his power if you put pink images or pink walls around what he normally lifts. If you put red, it will actually heighten his ability. Your atmosphere that you put yourself in determines a lot of the time the fruit that you produce in your life. Most people like atmospheres that endorse or promote their comfort rather than promote their calling. What do you mean by that? I want a place where people just take care of me. People do it for me rather than people do it with me and challenge me to be at my best. I made a mental note long ago I don't like people around me that just tell me nice complimentary things. I want people to challenge me to get better the way I treat people, the way I love, the way I give. Because how many know you make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give? How many know that's true? You feel more alive when you're energetic, you're showing up with energy and passion, and you're sharing life with people. And the older you get, I don't know about you, serving people and serving God, it might not make you famous, but it will make you rich. That's a really good tweetable moment. Someone say, when I serve, say it like you got energy, when I serve and I show up with energy, life becomes rich. I know that rapper 50 Cent did a CD many years ago called Get Rich or Die Trying. I'd rather live rich than try to get rich. What do you mean? Because getting rich depends on riches. Riches are things. Riches are what you have, but wealth is who you are. If you're not careful, you could build your life on the faulty foundation and build your life against something that won't be able to sustain or hold you and give you the validation and significance that you truly crave. But you build it on having a wealthy experience, who you become, what you give, what you contribute. How many know you got an incredible life? The Bible says this Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10, okay? And the New King James translation says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Someone say, do it with all my might. Okay, now go to Colossians chapter 3. So on the right hand side, for some of you not sure where that's at in the Bible. It's almost to the all the way to the end. Colossians chapter 3. And we'll go 17 and then 23. You're gonna love this. Whatever you do in your words or your deeds, someone say, My words or my deeds. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Verse 23. Whatever you do, do it heartily or with all your heart as to the Lord and not to men. It's interesting that both the wisdom of a guy named Solomon who they said was the wisest man, of course other than Christ, to ever walk the planet. Paul the Apostle who wrote 14 books books in the New Testament, they put an emphasis. Paul even puts it in a book of Romans where he writes a letter from jail. says, don't ever lack in diligence, but be fervent or boiling hot, energetic, have some passion to you, serving God. In other words, don't do a halfway job. If you ask most people in our culture in North America, we want the maximum result with the minimum effort. That somebody, somehow, somewhere is responsible for the quality of our life. That God put us on this planet and we're victims and we're somehow entitled to something that we don't have to be invested in. We can just be interested in. But somebody, somewhere owes it to me just because of who I am. But the scripture has a lot to say, first, about the way you show up and engage in work. I like Rihanna's song, let me see you work, 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 work. That's not in the Bible, but it's just an idea. God's first revelation to any of us is he's a creator. You're made in the image of a producer, a creator. The ability to imagine, to innovate, to initiate, to do something with life so life doesn't do something with you. God is a creator, created and made things visible that were invisible. You have that capacity in you. But if you look at our work ethic, we want the maximum for the minimum. We said, I want to do the least. I want to do the mundane. But what if we're called to live a little bit different because your witness is in the way that you work and your platform is in your performance, not in your confession? My My grandfather did work with a woman by the name of Mother Teresa. And she was a woman, didn't have a lot of external Beauty compared to other people you would see on social media. She's memorialized and honored now, but for many years, she was just Teresa having her hands dirty, come on, bust and tail, and making a difference and putting dignity and honor on value, what everybody else overlooked and despised and didn't want to get their hands in. And her work and her performance is what gave her a platform. Come on, watch. You're going to love today. The scripture says, if you're going to do whatever you do, do it with all your might. Someone say, with all my might. Someone say, with all my energy. In other words, God is putting a premium on how we show up. The title of my speech today is, and, then, some. Someone say, and, then, some. You're going to like this. Someone say, and, then, some. Three words that hinge on promotion, prosperity, and prominence. Does anybody in this room feel like there may be more to life than what they're currently living? Anybody in this room would like to have some type of a promotion from God or man? Anybody or are you comfortable? You're cool. I don't know about you. Someone's always capable of blessing you that's observing your life. But usually God doesn't put it in their heart until you act a certain way. Come on, somebody. You're believing and let you have the value for who you are, but how you act gives you value for what you add. Watch, you're going to like this. And then some. This little hinge can swing a big door for you open today. What I'm about to tell you in the next 25 minutes has unlocked incredible promotion, financial ability, opportunity, and blessings wherever I've spoken it. I've only felt to speak it four or five times ever on this planet. But I feel it's very, very necessary. And I, t- I said to Pastor Phil, I said, hey, if you'll trust me on this, I feel like there's something that could bust our church passion life through to the next level. It's not just going to be an idea. It's not just going to be an opinion. I've had enough of religious opinions. I need some revelation. Come on, somebody. Because i got to be able to operate from the inside out, not the outside in. I don't want to just fluff and stimulate the outside. I need a foundation to build something great off. Because what God sees in the dark, he does reward in the light. What he sees you do, not as unto man, but unto him, he will reward you in your relationships, in your business, and your daily affairs. And if you set your mind on doing good, the Bible says favor constantly chases you down. Some of you are about to walk in the greatest season of your life. It's not an accident next week starts seasons. Some of you have been silent for a long time. You're about to become seen. Some of you have been in obscurity for a long time. You're about to become noticed. God's going to shine a spotlight on you, but this word today is going to have the power to position you for the effect. In the beginning, God put seeds in the ground. But he said there was no man to work the ground. Therefore, there was only a mist that would come down. Most people live in a mist rather than a downpour of what God said because they're not in position. You're going to love this today. Come on, I'm going to speak to myself and I'm going to preach myself happy and then I'm going to go speak this for Anthony Robbins this week. So you're going to love this. Straight out of the Bible. And then some. And then some, three small words that are like keys that can unlock a huge door for you. These words determine somebody that leads their life. They don't lease their life. I want to ask you, are you in control? Are you making decisions to lead your life? Or are you letting other people's opinions and voices determine who you become and what you contribute right now? Whose voice is renting real estate in your head? You're responsible, like I am, for my life, good or bad, happy or sad. That doesn't mean you're responsible for everything that's happened to you, but what you do with what you have. Come on, somebody. Come on, you're not a victim of circumstance. You ain't a victim of the government. Stop waiting on the government to have a better health care plan than you have for your own self. Stop waiting for the government to have a better financial plan, or a job creation plan, or a family plan. You can't depend on them, and at the best, they're at ten percent of their brain. We got to go back to what God says and get a plan. Jesus said, "We either make our tree good and its fruit good, or we make it negative and its fruit negative." But you can't have a positive life with a negative mentality. We got to at some point say, hey, God is the creator, but I am, come on somebody, the CEO of my life and the results I produce. Slap the person next to you, say, you got some power, you got time to use it. Someone say, lead your life. Come on, your life's way too precious to let somebody else determine who you become. But these three words will describe someone that's got a different mentality an entitlement mentality, come on somebody, or an engagement mentality. An expectation mentality. Every person that I've ever read about in the Bible that has gotten massive breakthroughs did something to work with God. They just didn't say, I believed. They got enjoined with what God was doing. In fact, most of the time we ask God to do for us what he wants to do with us. We say, God, those who wait upon the Lord. Wait on the Lord. We'll renew their strength. Well, we don't change that word from on the Lord to we wait for the Lord. So a lot of people are always waiting. I always talk to people, what's happening in your life? Well, I'm waiting for the Lord to do something. I'm waiting for the Lord. No, the scripture doesn't say you wait for the Lord. It says you wait on him. That means you're a server to him. You're a faithful attendant. That's where we get the word service. A waiter or a waitress. We're about him. We're attentive to him. We're paying attention to that person that does that shall renew their strength they got a different mentality. But they end in a constant flow of blessings and then some. Three words that take you from the mundane to miraculous. Oh, you're going to like this. What do you mean? I'm going to take you to the very first season of The Bachelor. It happened about 5,000 years ago. Genesis chapter 24, I'm going to paraphrase. There's a man by the name of Abraham. He's the richest guy in the land. He would be like Jeff Bezos today. Come on, somebody. In fact, he would be worth more than $100 billion, worth more than. Come on, somebody, Jeff Bezos. Always remember, none of the wealth that was in the beginning has left the planet. It's still here. Sometimes it just takes eyes to see and a heart to get something into your hands. God gives people freely all things to enjoy. you got to ask God some ideas. How can I get my hands on things to be a blessing to people? Rather than waiting for someone to meet your need, look for, hey, God, how can, we, how can we create? How can we get our hands on things? How can we buy land? How can we do this? How can we, not can I, but how can we? Different question, different answer. But here's this guy, Abraham. He's old. He's got a servant for a lot of years named Eleazar. He's struggling because he's watching his kid, Isaac, who was born a miracle to his wife, Sarah. 100 years old. Come on, no Viagra, and they had a child. That's impressive. Come on, somebody. That's impressive. That's impressive. His mama, Sarah, has passed. And he's out there constantly meditating and his son is grieving. What I love is even while his son is grieving and suffering out of the loss, his father is creating a restoration and planning with his servant, we need to get my son a wife. We don't need a girlfriend. We don't need a fling. Come on, somebody. We don't want to get him on an app called Rendezvous. We need to get him a wife. Come on, somebody. You find a wife, you find a good thing and get some favor on your life. If you're married, even if it's a little struggle right now, you got favor being in that marriage. Half of you believe that. Half of you like, I don't feel like it. Thank God you ain't what you feel. You what you decide. So while he's suffering, his father is planning to hook him up. I want to say that because I feel that there's some people in here, you've been silently grieving and dealing with depression. I felt that about 5.15 this morning. And you've been battling negative thoughts about yourself, saying, will my life ever feel great? Will my life ever work out? i am looking at all the things I've lost rather than the things I have left, and it's making me miserable, and I want good news to come to your heart today, that God your Father is not just the beginning of your life. He's the finisher of your life and the finisher of your faith. If you'll not quit come on if you'll stay in faith God will make up to you what you lost and he'll give you double for the shame and the pain that you're currently in Isaiah 61 7 how many believe that today he was sitting there suffering but his father strategizing making plans I love that about God even while I'm trying to figure it out, while I'm bummed out, how's this going to work? Is I ever going to make sense? Am I ever going to find the right person? Am I ever going to get the great job? Am I skills ever going to take off? Are you going to let me be seen? Are you ever going to get me buy a house and I don't have to rent my whole life? God is planning. Abraham's planning with Eleazar. He says, listen, Eleazar, I don't want you to go back to my family or I don't want to take a wife from my, my child from around here. Because they represent negative things. I love that. He said, don't take my son back to where I started. But I want you to go find a wife, a certain kind of wife. They didn't have Match.com. Come on, somebody. They didn't have eHarmony, single, ready to mingle. I'm a Christian. Oh, my gosh. You too. You got a bumper sticker. Oh, my gosh. It's love. They didn't have Chris Harrison. Come on, somebody. And Hannah B. or Colton or whoever else you watch. He's planning this out. Eliezer. I want you to go to a certain area. It's 500 miles away. Take the 10 camels and go. So he's like, oh, my goodness, this is a big task. My master says, i got to have this before he passes. So he's out there. He takes 10 camels. Come on. Going 500 miles. How I many That's a long way with smelly, ugly camels? He goes to a well. And this is where the women would go to get water for their households. It's, in fact, where all the single ladies, all the single ladies, come on, all the single ladies. It's where all the single women went because they were hoping a rich family would see them and, as a result, want to pay a dowry and hook up an arranged marriage. So all these camels were loaded up there. People would load up. This guy, though, Eliezer, went 500 miles on a camel's. Long time. Those camels were on empty. Those camels have 40 gallons of water each camel contains. So amongst the collection of them, it would be 400. Eliezer prays a prayer and he goes, hey God... I need you to make my trip successful, and here's how you're gonna make it successful. I need the kind of woman for my master's son. You know, he's the richest on the planet, he's important, and this is the kind of woman I need, he needs. Here's what I need. I need someone to come and offer me water because I'm thirsty to drink. And by the way, in Jewish culture, it's called the law of hospitality, that they always offer water to you. That's why Jesus said, if they offer a water to a servant, they're not gonna lose their reward. And many times they would do it because they never thought they might not be entertaining maybe a stranger or an angel. Therefore, you're around Jewish culture, they're always offering you water for your feet and water to drink. She goes, I just don't want what's required and someone that's going to, this is what's normal, this is what's common, this is what's expected. Someone to give me water. I want them to not just do that, but I want this kind of a person to be an excellent person where they're not just willing to give me water, but they want to water my camels also. Huh. So he says, that's what I'm believing for. All of a sudden, this woman, Rebecca, emerges out of the crowd. Rebecca ain't normal. The Bible says she's super pretty. She's got super energy on her, and she's happy. She walks up and says, you look like you could use a drink like you're a little bit thirsty. And he goes, man, you ain't teasing. It's in the language. You just gotta read through the lines. She gives him water to drink, and he starts drinking this water. And she goes, you know what? She goes, I just don't wanna give you water if you're thirsty enough, If you'll allow me, I'd like to water your camels also for the next three to four hours. And it said that the servant looked back and wondered. He marveled at her. I wonder how many times she had done this for other people and it was overlooked. I wonder how many times her girlfriends would be like, yo, man, Rebecca, why do you got to always trip and get your hands dirty with all those camels? Come on, somebody. You just got your fingers done at the Mesopotamia Salon. Come on, somebody. You got your makeup done at Mac, come on. You got a date with Rudy tonight, come on. This isn't time for that. You got your Michael Kors purse, you got everything done right, it's 120 degrees, it's four in the afternoon, and you want to get invested in dirty, ugly, smelly camels, you want to get water those things, but then people I'm sure talk behind her back going, oh there she is watering those camels again. Water those camels. But it said this servant, Eleazar, Abraham's servant, wondered at her, marveled at her. That she wouldn't just do what's required and common and convenient, but she did what was required and then some. Someone say, and then some. Woo, watch how powerful. Someone say, and then some. So what she was saying is, hey listen I'd like to stop this, take a jar I don't got a hose, but for three to four hours take a big jar, go back and get water over and over and put it in the trough so all these camels can get full not a little bit, but full and then some type of a person she didn't have a regular spirit because she knew she wasn't playing to other people's idea of how she should live she held herself to a higher standard because she knew that if God saw what she did, come on, when other people ignored it or put it down, he would reward her. She wasn't looking for an average life or an average marriage. She wanted to be hooked up with something special. I wonder how many times we're like, God bless me. God give me a promotion. God hook me up. But yet he's saying, why don't you do something excellent? Why don't you get your hands caught in a problem? Something ugly, something smelling. God, I don't want problems. Our biggest problem in America is we think we shouldn't have them. Did you catch that? You'd be so much more free if you realized, hey, problems are part of life. Welcome to the planet. But thank God you're more than a conqueror before you having a problem. Come on. And if you'll stay in faith, you'll get to the end. But what I love about this woman is she didn't curse the camel, ignore the camel, say, I don't want to get invested in that camel. It's not my gift. It's not my talent. It's not my thing. God gets to find somebody else to do it. She was an end then some person. Let me take you to a person like Kobe Bryant in sports. Many of you know him. He was probably the most famous Laker ever. Questionably, next to Michael Jordan, maybe the next best player to ever play the game. Kobe, though, did something interesting. In the year of the Olympics, he was playing for the Olympic team. Shashevsky was the coach. LeBron, all these guys, they were all out late that night, partying before the first, uh, the first practice. Kobe called the, uh, the, the guy that does like, he wasn't the janitor, but he was like the maintenance guy at UNLV. They were practicing there in, in Las Vegas. And he says, I need you to come open the gym. And he goes, Kobe. It's three thirty-four in the morning. He goes, I just need you to open it up. He goes, but practice don't start till 11.30. He goes, yeah, 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 I know. I just need you to open up. You can go back to bed and I'll tip you. Thank you so much for doing it. I'll see you there in a little bit. Before the guy could ever get out, no. Kobe hung up the phone on him. Kobe showed up and he, the guy showed up. And he goes, what are you doing, Kobe? He goes, don't worry about it. Just let me do my thing. And so he got in there and the Kobe dad had no idea. The guy stood behind the little seats and he couldn't see. And he started shooting shots. 4.45 in the morning, he's shooting shots. Well, everybody else is coming in hungover late at night, 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning. He cut left, go home for a couple hours to shower, the, the janitor guy. He comes back, the maintenance guy, and he still sees Kobe shooting. It's 11.15. Kobe's not left the building. He's still shooting, pouring in sweat. Well, everybody else is doing a little bit. He's doing what's required. Come on, somebody. and And then some. When I was a professional athlete as a kid, I'd get up at 5.45 six in the morning I would take 400 500 ground balls off a a wall because I didn't want to be what was average I wanted to do it and then some imagine if we had an and then some mentality for our marriages how many know our intimate marriages are not 50-50 or else we evaluate it by what are you doing for me rather than what am I giving to you In fact, you could eliminate a lot of suffering in your relationship if you look at how can I give love rather than how can I get love. If you came to church this morning and you said, hey, how can I go give love to somebody, your experience will be incredibly rich. If you came here to go, how can they help me? How can they do this for me? How many know you're going to evaluate and judge based on your need rather than how you can bless somebody and empower somebody and do something great? Imagine your relationships if you replace the expectation with appreciation. And you said, I'm going to go 100%. I'm going to love at a capacity. I'm going to do what's expected and then some. I know a pastor, a friend of mine, and he's in Georgia. And one time I got out of the car with him just a couple months ago and he starts picking up trash. I'm like, yo, we're outside of a restaurant. You picking up trash? He goes, yeah, just something I felt like I want to do to God. Because he always watches. It's his, his earth. He goes, I'm not one of those environmentalists. But he figured it's his earth. He watches how I treat his planet. If I want him to bless my church everywhere I go, I'm just going to do what's required and then do a little bit more. I'm going to pick up trash. If it's in my way, I don't go 200 miles out or 200 yards out of my way to go pick some up. But I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to put it in the trash. I'm going to raise the standard because I'm going to demand of something a little bit more than what's normal. This woman, she did this. Watch how powerful. It's like a mechanic who cleans your car. He does your car, but then he wants to detail it. I had a friend of mine, his name is Manny, and he said to my friend, a guy that worked for me, he goes, Hey, can your friend Rex heal me? He goes, I got a really bad back. I go to Catholic church, but they don't pray for people to get healed. My friend Ben goes, yeah, 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 Rex has got the hookup. So I went to this place and he lost almost his practice. Him and his girlfriend, they're full on Catholicism. And he goes, okay, so what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to pray a little prayer to a really great God and he's going to help you. What if it doesn't work? What if it does? So I said, Jesus, could you help Manny the mechanic? He wants to be a great mechanic. Let your power go through him. He goes, what the? And he, he almost said the bad word. He goes, I feel power go in my body. He got healed. He goes, dude, I'll hook you up anytime you want, man. I'll hook your car up anytime you want to get it serviced, done. He wouldn't fix my brakes, but I got it, and after he fixed my brakes, it was all detailed and done. He didn't do what was required, he did it, and then some. As a result, I started telling people, man, you got to go to Manny the mechanic. He ain't just going to do what's normal, he's going to do what's required, what's common, what's usual, and then some. Come on, somebody. Watch how powerful, and then some. So here's Rebecca. She's watering this camels. She's sitting there, sweat coming down, mascara running, holes in her pantyhose. Come on, somebody. Nails are breaking, chipping. It ain't comfortable. That's like some of you, you're with bosses that are funky attitudes. Come on. People that work next to you in a cubicle that got a bad spirit. Come on. And you're praying them away, but when God's using them is to sharpen you, to shape in you, because he knows you got a spirit in you that's different, and that God can elevate you in the presence of your enemies. Don't pray them away. Pray you're stronger, that you can face them and overcome evil with good. If you don't got some enemies, we don't got more than a conqueror. You don't got a Goliath. You don't got a David. Come on, somebody. Well, I just want it all to go away. Make it easy on me, Lord. No, no, you're called to do something great. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Ooh, Jesus said this, if somebody compels you to go one mile, tell them to go two. You know why he said that? Because Jews were being oppressed by Romans. And Romans, if you were a Jewish person, you could walk out with your family, a little baby. And you have all these groceries from the grocery store at Sprouts right there in Israel. And that they said, hey, listen, I want you to carry all of my manure that I just got from Home Depot here in Israel, carry it to my house, and they were a Roman, you had to drop all your groceries and carry it by law one mile. Jesus said, I know they're trying to oppress you and push you down, but I want you to be the kind of person that has a different spirit that even when they compel you to go one mile, you be the kind of person that outshines it all and goes the second mile, loves at a higher degree, works at a higher degree, and if you'll do it unto me, what I see in the dark, I will reward in the light. She had no idea when she's messing with these camels. I'm sure it wasn't comfortable. They weren't playing worship songs. She didn't feel beautiful. I bet she felt like cursing her camels, talking negative about things. But she was positive in a negative situation. Come on. Woo. See, many of you, you're the breakthrough that you're praying for. Because God works in you to will and to do, to will and to do. The Bible says God's people will be willing in the day of his power. You have a day of power and opportunity. The question is, are you willing to be of a different spirit? Daniel had a different spirit, and he dominated in a realm that was totally idolizing another God. It says he conquered the land by his spirit. I don't know about you. I come from a family. We didn't have a lot. We didn't have Nikes. We had Mikeys. Come on, somebody. We didn't have the three stripes, we had the four stripes, come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But one thing I saw, my dad and my mom, one thing I saw, my mom had brain cancer, when she had had sickness, she kept declaring, God's gonna heal me, things are gonna get better. We kept kept stepping out, making a difference for people, loving people, being kind, when it's good, when it's convenient, when it's not. Your calling is not where you are, it's who you are. We say that again, that's worth gas money. Your calling is not where you are, it's who you are. It's not where you work, it's how well you work. Touch the person next to you and say, work, 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 work. work." Come on, it's going to be a good ending. Watch. Watch. Rebecca gets done. And Eliezer says, hey, here's a little token and a reward. She puts a nose ring in his, in gold right in her nose. She came from the Po. She had no idea that what was about to happen. He goes, hey, did your family have a place where we can roll up these camels and we can just have a conversation with your family? She goes, Yeah, you can come to my crib. It ain't much, but it's good. It'll work. She was open and available. They pull up with all the 10 camels. Her brother Laban sees the golden ring, goes, Oh man, they're wealthy. Come on, bring them into the house. Bring them in. Come on, they got money. They come into the house. Eliezer says, Here's why I'm here. I'm trying to look for a wife. I made a prayer, and I said, God, I don't want a normal person. I don't want an ordinary person that does the minimum and want the maximum. I want the kind of person that's going to enter into this kind of a blessing relationship with the richest people on the planet, Abraham and his family. I want them to have a different spirit, excellence and quality, excellence that go above and beyond what's normal and right. And your daughter did that. I want to know, would she be willing to be the wife of my son's master who has everything as the heir to it all? She says, yes. With that, he bowed and worshipped, and then he went out and says, before we eat, I want to do something. She went to those camels, and they watched, and they undid all of the blankets on those camels underneath all those ugly, smelly, stinking, yucky, Ugly camels, they were loaded with gold, silver, rubies, wealth, and not only her, but her whole family was enriched. Sometimes the greatest blessings are in the middle of the ugliest things that you're dealing with. Watch how powerful. Some of you, you're trying to pray it away, and God won't take it away. He's being too good to you. He's trying to strengthen you and give you a different spirit and give you wisdom to be a solution and to show there's a different quality about you. Come on, somebody. Watch how powerful this. Those same smelly camels that came to her and she doctored those things, she watered those things, were the very camels that she rode back to her Prince Charming. Let me tell you something. Some of the ugly situations that you deal with, If you'll engage with them with the spirit of Jesus, doing it with all my heart unto God. Doing it with all my heart unto God. They will be the gateway and the entrance to your greatest opportunity, blessing, and privilege. Because somebody's always aware and someone's observing you who's capable of promoting you and blessing you. But God won't put it in their heart to bless you if you have a, I'm just going to do what's required. I'm going to do the minimum. I'm going to wait and see if they ask me to serve. See if they ask me to help. See if I can come. I don't want to come early unless I'm asked. So what we do is, well, don't inconvenience me. You'll let a boss inconvenience you, but when it comes to things of the Spirit of God and the nature of purpose and calling and God's plan, which is the local church, oh, don't inconvenience me. This is on my time. Could you imagine if we had to end then some spirit? Everywhere you go today, you look for how you can be a blessing rather than get a blessing. I remember speaking for Fortune 500, Fortune 100 company, fastest billion-dollar corporation in the history of the world. I sat there when I got done speaking. I got done and there's maybe like 11,000 people in the Georgia Dome when I got done. And I thought, you know what? It's easy to walk off, collect a check, go in the back, and people buy thousands of my books. That's cool. But I said, if it was going to really do the Jesus style, what would, that's what all the other speakers do. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit my butt on the edge of the stage of my wife, and I'm going to sit there and pray for hurting people, love on people that nobody else wants to love on, touch people that nobody else wants to touch, and care for people. I sat there for four hours. They took down the whole stage behind me to where I was standing, piece by piece. And I, the, I went and had dinner with the owner of the company, Ernst Young's Entrepreneur of the Year. They go, "Why in the world do you do that? No one ever does that kind of thing. Because this isn't about a paycheck. This is about a calling. God called me to be normal. He didn't call me to be average. He called me to be excellent. This doesn't go on sale. Great lives don't go on sale. Come on, somebody." Greatness does not go on sale. You put golf clubs in my hands versus Tiger Woods' hands? I've been around Tiger. Let me say, there were so much more value in his hands. Why? Because he gave himself and committed himself to becoming excellent in it. Let me tell you something. When you decide, I ain't going to be normal no more, I ain't going to be average, and let me say this, your past does not determine what you do now. Come on, some of you, your past is a warning. Other people, come on. I, I did something great in my past. I want to do something great in my future. It's what you decide to do right now. To become an and then some person, you got to say, I'm going to prosper right where I'm at. That means I'm going to get my hands soiled. Not I'm going to do it when. Come on, somebody. I'm going to do it then. I'm going to. This is what America has. I'm going to spirit. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. Come on. Full of Procrastination. Procrastination pro-castration. Come on, somebody. You forward cut your power off. That's where the word comes from. Stop cutting your power off. God needs you. He assigned you. He anointed you. There's something in you that cannot be seen in another. But it won't come out. But you just just flirting. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this church. I'm going to try this relationship. I'm going to try a little bit of faith. I'm going to try a little bit of Oprah. I'm going to try a little bit of the New Age. Then I'm going to try Kanye's service online. Then I'm going to try to give once. If you don't bless me the way I want, then I'm going to be offended at you, God. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. He who works his land will have an abundance. The soul of the diligent shall be rich. The plans of God's diligent people will profit. But people that are indecisive and uncommitted, it leads to poverty. If that's wisdom, I don't want to be a fool. Come on, somebody. Mr. T said, I pity the fool. What imagine if you got, and then some spirit. I'm going to start prospering where I'm at. When I got out of baseball, no one would let me speak because I cussed too much. I went and work in the children's department. People thought you lost your darn mind. How do you go from playing pro baseball with a lot of money and a lot of energy at you in the newspapers all the time, taking your picture on baseball cards, playing where the news watches you, and now you're teaching five-year-olds about the Bible? The guy from Success Magazine, I should probably say this live, but he told me I lost my flipping mind in front of 8,000 people when I was doing the Success Magazine conference in Miami. Why do you walk away from that? Because there's a higher calling. God says the rewards, some are here, but some are also there. We can't afford just to live for now. We got to live in the light of eternity. Come on, we're citizens of the kingdom. Come on, Jesus said, what I do now is going to be rewarded later. That's why he said, I don't mind going through the cross because I'm going to get to the throne, to the resurrection. Some of you have an opportunity right now. Well, if it was easier, if it was more comfortable, no, you were made for this. Come on, somebody. The Bible says when there's opportunity, there's many adversaries. Someone's got to get big on the inside. Someone's got to get strong on the inside. Someone's got to put some seed in the ground. And if you want abundance, you've got to sow a lot. What do you mean I'm going to sow into my family? I'm gonna sow in the words I speak. I'm gonna sow creatively the thoughts I'm gonna think. I'm gonna sow into the love of God. I'm gonna be more compassionate. I'm gonna show a pastor how can I help. That's what I did. I just started following people around. How can I serve you? Well, Rex, you're a baseball player. You got uh, you got a steed, You got prestige honor. No, no, no. This is different. Serving won't make you famous, but it makes you rich. I don't care about what everybody else says. I'm gonna serve people because Jesus is watching me. Jesus is watching me. I went to Bible school. I funked out. They say you don't have all the biblical ecclesiastical. They use all these different terms I couldn't even pronounce. I was like beats in my head. Come on, F words in my mouth. Come on. I was just trying to do the God thing, and you put me in this thing, and they're talking all these spiritual words. I have no idea. I don't know how to do all that, but I want to serve people with God's finest wine, and I'm just going to keep serving people so I put myself in a place of a place that God can lift me up. Because what he sees at some point, it's going to work. Watch, watch, watch. Then you start going about doing good. Everywhere you go, do good. Me and my little girl, my wife, we were coming back. I was speaking for a fortune company in Vancouver, Canada. Driving in the middle of the night. About 11 o'clock at night. In the fast lane, we were in the carpool lane. In the fast lane, there was a car with its brake light on in a darkened area. About six lanes on the freeway, on the 99 freeway. And it was Stopped. We slowed down to swerve, and all of a sudden, my wife goes, "Oh my gosh, she's having a seizure! She's having a seizure! Pull over! Pull over! Pull over!" How many know that's a little scary when you're going about 80 miles an hour? I pulled over and I pulled into the center divider, right next along the center divider, and I jumped out of the car on the freeway. How many know that's not probably wisdom? I got out and I put my hands out to stop the car coming at me. The guy stops, and he's an African guy from Africa. True story. What are you doing? Why are you in the middle of the road? We're going to get hit. I go, she's hurting. She's having a seizure. Okay, I help you. Okay, what do you want want me to do? We got to stop this car. So all of a sudden this car stops. He's a guy who's a Hindu guy from India and he's got his dress on coming from the Sikh temple. It's a true story. I don't know what's happening. What is he doing in the middle of the freeway? People are coming and going all over the place. African guy goes, I need you to direct traffic. We go help the woman and get her out. I go, come on, you and me, homeboy. He goes, yes, sir, let's go. Come on, watch out for this true story. We go to the car. This woman's shaking. We pick her up. We bring her over to the car. And the guy's out there. He goes, "This is too much. The traffic is too much." He's like all oh, frantic, but he looks so good in his little outfit. It was awesome. He has a little white outfit. It was awesome. We got the woman in the car. He goes, I, "The African goes, I go help Indian guy." He looked like he's nervous. I go, "Okay." So I'm standing there with a woman. They call 911. People are passing by, She's trying to avoid us. The woman's there, the finally paramedics are about maybe about 15 yards away. I go, look at me, ma'am. I said, she's only about 30 years old. She's coming from a volleyball game. I said, I'm a Jesus man. I ain't a normal man. I'm a Jesus man. I have Jesus. And in his name, I have power over this infirmity against your body. I command this thing to stop right now in, your name, in his name. And I command everything to be calm and cool. In Jesus' name, stop. She was. She looks at me. She goes, She goes, what was that? She looks at me. I go, the paramedics are going to help you. Everything's going to be cool. What I did not know is people that passed me by had just been in the meeting with me as the speaker in a fortune company. As a result, a one woman who passed by said, I was so... I was so struggling because there I was, I had the, every opportunity to stop by and make a difference, but I passed on because it was more convenient for me. And I watched you, the guy that was in a post, place of honor speaking, and I watched you jump out of your car. And when I looked, my little girl was in the front like this, like my dad was flipping Superman. She's in the middle of, my, in the, middle of the window, I'm looking back at my car. This woman tells me, I should have jumped out. As a result, that woman's been a massive blessing because she saw what somebody was doing. We didn't do it for eye service. Someone's always capable that's powerful to bless your life and improve your life and doesn't go unrewarded because God will cause the right person to see what you're doing. When you're making decisions about purity, integrity, and honor, and giving, and generosity, and loving people through things, come on, being forgiving, saying I love you, praying when you can't feel God. God, come on somebody, staying in faith when it hurts like hell, God has a person and he's going to bless your life. Watch. They get there and Rebecca says, I- I'm willing to become his wife. I want to become my wife. Laban goes, well, why don't you stay 10 days and hang out? Why don't you and all the camels and all the people stay? Come on, he was into the money. And he goes to Eliezer, goes, no, 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 this is my master's. Don't delay me. Don't hinder it. When there's a moment, you got to move. Touch your neighbor. Neighbor said, "This is going to be the end of watches." Someone say, "Make a move." Someone say, "Make a move." Nothing's going to change if you stay the same. Watch, you do what you've always done, you get what you've always got. Make a move. Make a move, there's a woman, Penny Shepard, degenerative back disease, it's a famous story, it's been on the news, and she was in so much pain, a Christian woman prayed forever, for about 11 years for God to take it away. She got to the point where she was crippled in bed in so much pain, she would pray all day long and just be in misery, they couldn't change the pain of the degeneration in her back. She was sitting there, she felt so guilty because she started thinking thoughts of suicide and she had three children. She said, how can I be a believer and have these incredibly nasty thoughts? And these thoughts, like, something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. And she said, God, if you don't do something, I can't handle this pain anymore. I'll cribble up. And she heard these words out loud, an audible voice. Penny, run to your miracle. This is your moment. She said, run. I can't even walk or stand. Run to your miracle. She called her husband and told him what happened. He was, oh, babe, you know, stay calm. It's okay. You know, she thought she was hallucinating. He says, no, get me an appointment with my doctor. Okay, so finally after a bunch of convincing, she went to the doctor. She said, Doctor, I need you to help me. I have to go run to my miracle. He tried to convince her and talk her out of it. Watch how powerful this is. He says, I already signed myself up. It's in three months. Get me ready. I'm going to run to my miracle. Every day, he walked her body through excruciating pain. Nothing had changed on the outside, but she had a word on the inside. Come on, somebody. This is the moment to seize. This is the season to move. Not stay, but take a step. Come on. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. Not your staying and sitting and settling is ordered by the Lord. No, no, no. Your steps are ordered of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Sometimes all you can do is steps. They're not jumps. It ain't an elevator to the promise. Come on. Sometimes there's steps. You're taking steps. They're wobbly. They don't feel good. They're not comfortable. Come on, somebody. You're just taking steps. You're taking steps. She took steps with pain every day. Had to give her so much medication to sleep through the night. It got to the day. Got to the day for her race. Right when the gun went off, she took a step. It took off, and she started screaming, ah! Ah! You don't know what's happened. It wasn't a charismatic church. She wasn't a charismatic believer. All the pain instantly left her body. She's the, her family goes. Are you serious? Are you serious? The doctors were there with her. All the pain left, and she they said, "Hey, you don't even need to run anymore." She goes, "No, no, no. God didn't heal me just so I could start the race. I gotta finish this race." She began to run. Come on, somebody. She went from stepping. She went from stepping. To striding, come on somebody, that's the way your life's about to become. You're stepping little, then you're striding. Then you're about to take off. Someone's about to soar. She started moving. She started running. She started running. Eleven years of not being able to move. Not years, two years on her back in a bed, sitting and fighting. She had a word from God that she could run. And this was her moment. This was her time. She could run. It wasn't convenient. There was pain on the outside. But there's purpose on the inside. Watch, come on, watch, watch, watch. They got done and they interviewed her on the news and they say it was amazing to get your amazing to get you finished the race and you you got your miracle. They say, when did the miracle begin? She said the day when I was in pain that I decided I would run. They said, you didn't start when you got the mirror. She says, that was when it manifested, but it didn't appear until I made a decision 90 days prior that I'm going to run and not do what's required, but I'm going to do it even when it hurts and do it and then some, because I'm convinced that God is a work. He's alive and watching over his word to perform it. Somebody give the Lord a clap and a shout in here. Come on, hey, eh? Passion Life. Come on, give the Lord a clap and a shout in here. Come on, give God some energy. Come on, give Him some energy. Some of you are about to bust in, watch some of you, there's about to be promotion. Some of you are going to get some raises that are going to happen in the month of October. Some of you are going to become more committed than you've ever been. You said, I've been through hell. Get ready. Something's about to shift. I've been in ashes. I've been abused. Good. God's got about some beauty about to hit your life. Dignity's about to hit your life. Come on. He's watched some of you have to go through some nasty stuff. Come on. Things you would have never offered or ordered off the menu of life. But yet God is your vindicator. God is your redeemer. God is your healer. He's going to bring you out better than when you went in he's gonna bring you out better than when you you're not gonna sell out you're not gonna sell out by that's too hard it's quitting no 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 no. don't become weary in doing good for in the due season you're gonna reap if you don't faint if you don't faint if you don't faint I remember thinking of my own career like, man, I speak in all these places, and I went, and, but the, play, the places I wanted to get to weren't opening up, and I'm like, how do you do that? Do you like, try to self-promote yourself? How does this all work? And I remember one time, I went to this big convention, and they had these people, the Katinas, they're doing Michael Jackson on the stage, it was for a company, a fortune company in Anaheim, and this guy, Miles Monroe, who ended up becoming a friend, he was like just a guy I looked up to, wrote about 70 books, The Ambassador of the Bahamas, and he was going to speak. Well, darn it, his plane got caught in the air. They go, hey, you—you you can speak. There's about seven thousand people out there. Can you take Miles Monroe's spot? Me? Come on, somebody. Oh, is it my time? Come on, somebody. How many know it feels awkward when it's your time? It don't feel, even though you prayed, you prayed, you prepped. No one saw the hours of serving. No one saw when I was scrubbing toilets. No one saw when I was being an usher. No one saw when I was helping homeless people and putting Cheetos outside of their beard. It really happened. <laughs> no one saw when you're giving your fresh kicks, your nikes away to somebody else who's homeless on the street and you take their broken Samuel his sandals and you give them your fresh kicks and you're hurting already. No one saw that, but God did. Someone's about to bust in. Watch. They say, can you go up there? I went up there, and right when I'm about to get on there, Miles comes in the back. Miles Monroe comes and he goes, he goes, I go, Miles, please man, this is your event. I just came, they asked me to come to witness something, maybe to speak at a future event. And they go, no, 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 we don't want Miles. This is your time, son. This is your time, young man. This is your time. This is your season. This is your moment. And Miles goes, go, go, what's going to happen to him? He goes, I'm going to go watch on the front row. Come on, somebody. God will cause people that you admire to look at what he's put in you and developed in you. Come on. You're a work of art. He's built a lot of value inside of you. And he's created the moment again. I went out and spoke and those people went bananas. Come on. It was a business thing. And 2,000 people answered an altar call I never even gave in a business meeting. They ran to the front and Miles comes up back and goes, how in the world did that happen? Come on somebody. God's about to make people that don't even know who you are, you're going to let your visibility because of who you are and your ethic to do what's required and then some become seen. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. I'm done preaching. Come on. Give the Lord a clap. Come on. Give him some praise. How many feel like, hey, I've been in a season where I've not been misunderstood, overlooked. It's been hard. Come on. I feel like just going back to a less threatening time. It would be so much more easy to, to go on the down low it be so much more easy just to play it safe. Man, I got bad blood between me and siblings, come on. It'd be easier just to stay vengeful. Be, you know what I mean? Stay distant. But you keep doing the right thing because love begins with you. The dreamer's in you, the lover's in you, the leader's in you. But the believer's been questioned. Come on, it's been, it's been tempting the last three months to becoming unbelieving believer. Maybe it ain't gonna work. Maybe, maybe it's really not gonna happen. I'm sure Noah questioned that 100 years building a boat for rain he'd never seen, with the largest zoo inside of his backyard. God's about to show himself strong and i say this prophetically some of you prayed for your marriage things to change there's about to be new passion new energy god's about to break down new walls your kids are going to see that your mom and dad have a celebrated life god's favor is going to allow people to not just rent but to purchase homes god's favor is about to reverse some things in people's bodies where your minds about to become clear panic attacks are about to break off your family there's people in here you struggle with anxiety and torment and there's no shame because the enemy is waging war and the enemy says just accept mental illness, accept that as part and he's getting the church to buy into it. Jesus came to reverse the works of the devil and give people back peace, give people back soundness, give people back joy. Give you're not a part of the kingdom of the world anymore. You're a child of God. You got rights. Come on somebody. You're not on parole. You've been pardoned by the blood of Jesus. You've been forgiven. You're not on parole. This isn't spiritual parole. See how good you do before God blesses you. You've been pardoned by the blood of Jesus so that everything that He's done, you can receive all the blessings that God has for you. Close your eyes and lift your hands for a minute. You try this. You try other things in your life. You might as well try this. Say, Lord, thank you so much for having an amazing design on my life. You created me with so much love and purpose. Help me to come to terms with myself. Today, I'm not just going to believe that you love me. By faith right now, I receive your love. Just put your hands on your heart. Say, I receive your love, Jesus. Let your love right now. Say what we say, let your love right now. Cleanse me from all sin. Let it heal me everywhere I hurt. And let it deliver me from every fear. You watch this. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me with your power. Can I get some music? Thank you for your goodness. And thank you that I'll never be the same today. Thank you a new mark is made in my life today give me an excellent spirit that I might shine like the stars in the sky in Jesus name amen I want to tell you something something good happened to your life how many feel better today in your life how many feel empowered today how many feel rich today how many are ready to do life and be an end and then some person you're gonna hold the door a little longer you're going to open the door for other people. Come on. You're going to compliment people you normally walk past. You're going to love people that other people kind of look down on. How we know we could be the change we want to see in the world? All the other people, Martin Luther King ran his race. Rosa Parks ran her race. Nelson Mandela ran his race. Come on, somebody. Christopher Columbus, he explored lands other people told him you'll die in. And we live in now. They all ran their race, but now it's you and my moment. Let's be and then some people. Let's not just do what's required, and then some. Someone say, and then some. Someone say, and then some. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.